Marketing, the casino for businesses trying to break through to the frontier of success. These are the voyages of entrepreneurs, dreamers, and really naive millennials on a mission to get ridiculously wealthy. To seek out new traffic to their stores, offices, and websites. This is Unbottleneck, the marketing podcast taking you to the farthest reaches of online and offline marketing. With the elite experts, professors, and that crazy guy with the weird haircut who has two gazillion Snapchat subscribers and wields his social media influence like a sword from Castle Grayskull dipped in CBD oil and lit with a blue flame ready to break through the tough bottlenecks of marketing. Welcome to Unbottleneck. Now here's your host, the nerd of nerds, Steve Wiedemann. Hello and welcome again to Unbottleneck, the podcast where we help solve common marketing problems. We have the honor, the privilege to have an amazing digital marketer with us today, uh, Sujan Patel, who is the managing partner at Ramp Ventures, uh, which are the makers of Mailshake, Voila Nor- Norbert, Right Inbox, we didn't screw up the names on some of these, uh, and more sales and marketing SaaS companies, that's uh, software as a service companies. He has a data-driven a marketing approach, and he is an entrepreneur. Um, Sujin is a high-energy individual fueled by his passion to help people and solve problems. He's been focused on the outreach platform Mailshake, which he co-founded, and I guess we could start there. Uh, Sujin, tell us a little bit more about Mailshake and, and about yourself. Yeah, so uh, Mailshake is um, a sales engagement kind of email outreach platform. Um, pretty much, I built I started the company in 2015, um, really to scratch my own itch, right? So I was, uh, I've been on the agency world marketing side for, for quite some time. And then I'm sorry, built it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, and I was crazy enough to do two agencies, right? So I, I, I built one. I'm like, yeah, I, t- I was like, I'm never doing this again. Two years later, I was like, yeah, maybe consulting doesn't sound so bad, you know, just one or two clients. And then like next thing you know, it was like full blown uh-huh. international agency and, that was a great idea until, you know, burnout number two happened with that. But anyways, the mail shake came in um, because we were doing my whole life. I've done so much outreach, whether it's email, phone, you know, whatever. I'm right. I, just, I, I got some of those, those emails. Yeah. I mean, you know, you probably still get some. Um, <laughs> now it's more my team doing the outreach and whatnot. But I mean, we've sent like millions of millions of emails over the over the last like 15 years or so. Right. And. And, and so uh, I never found a good platform. At the time we started in 2015, there were companies like Yesware were sitting inside the inbox. Um, and the UX is kind of clunky or like Streak, I think, was out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just didn't find any good tools that like really solved my, what I was trying to do and, and automate it and, in a fashion where it's mm-hmm. successful, like it's personalized. Uh, it comes off personalized. And, but it's somewhat templatized and then repeatable, right? So uh, that's kind of where Mailshake came to play. Um, by the time we launched, there was a lot of tools out there. I think a lot being like 10 or 15. And at that time I was like, wow, that's a lot of competitors. Now there's like 85, 86 competitors in the space. Yeah. Uh, 86 players, we're one of 86. Our real big differentiating factor is that um, our usability, our ease of use, like the, the like, you're just going to get in there. You don't really need any training. You just go, right? And Made for marketers, not developers. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think marketing, sales, and recruiters are the most common use cases. Um, uh, and, and sales would be like they're doing outbound sales, similar to like outreach for link building or partnerships, PR. 
um, recruiters, same thing. It's kind of all the same use case. Uh, it's all kind of a similar workflow, although the use case, the end result is different, right? Maybe it's a demo. Maybe it's a, you don't ever get on a call. Maybe it's a partnership call. Uh, it's a PR interview request or what have you. Um, you know, really trying to personalize and, and automate at scale. Personalize but and, and automate, but to seem like it's individualized, right? And and I say that, we, we can dig into that a little bit. But yeah, I, I think that a big thing is like really, um, you know, keep things simple. We're really more of a no frills. And we kind of, we intentionally choose things not to include in the platform mm-hmm. um, with our end goal being making making our customers, making people doing outreach successful, right? Focus and on I, that. Yeah, I love it. Well, mm-hmm. also help people what they're bad at, right? Like mm-hmm. I can, th- it's safe to say that people aren't natural born copywriters. Um, and, and so naturally people's emails seem to be too long. They kind of run on, they're not very, they're not, again, they're not copywriters. And so like, you know, turns out the biggest churn reason for Mailshake and, and, and our competitors as well is that people don't get results and why don't they get results? Okay. It's their product or service, which, okay. can't help you with that. Um, you can't help you with your business. That was on you. The, the reason behind the second to that is, um, is the copy. It's too long. It, it, it's ineffective. And so that's where we spend a lot of time. We have a kind of a whole, um, I'd say half our team is developers. The other, like one third of our team is, is our, our folks either creating content, doing webinars, helping customers, essentially figure out what to put, put in their emails, figure out the right cadence and whatnot. That's amazing. You can't, you can't get that in a MailChimp or a constant contact. That's, that just doesn't exist. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and honestly, that's kind of like, that's, that's our differentiator, right? Like we're actually give a crap and Mm -hmm. we want you to be successful. I mean, you're someone's, our customer success selfishly keeps them around longer, which Mm -hmm. is good. But also, it's like we want to contribute to the good emails in the world, not the bad ones. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, the, the spam and unsolicited yeah. stuff, right? Uh, it sounds like your platform is really perfect for really any any small to mid-sized business that, that doesn't have you know a ton of resources to do email marketing, but they know they need to. So they can get in, they can you know set up their customer list and, and uh, you know, walk through, uh, I'm guessing, some sort of a, a simple wizard to be able to to send and, and set up email without having to do any HTML or without having to, to do any kind of coding or, or um, you know, database tagging or anything like that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I think that we don't even, we don't even want people to put too many links in their emails. We don't have, it's like plain text is the way to go. You're not going to get the branding you need, but that's okay. That's not the point of the email. If you get a heavily branded email, you're likely not reaching as wide of an audience. Um, and if you want a marketing branded email, I think that's more for your like email marketing software to do. Um, we're more on the, um, the email is actually in, in our open rates are significantly higher than 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 most of our competitors or, or most email uh, platforms okay. because the email actually comes from the individual. So like it would be coming from my personal email address um, and not like an email server. That right there makes the uh, makes the open rate and the actual like deliverability like two, three X more effective. That's amazing. What are what are some fun case studies recently that, that you've had where you're just like now I know why we did this. This is incredible. This worked exactly how we were supposed to. Did, 
was there was there one kind of moment that you've had recently uh, through a customer, even uh, with the internal team, that was kind of a high five to you know all the stakeholders? Yeah, I mean, I think the, we like to eat our own dog food, right? We like to we like to play with, uh, utilize the tool and, and software however we can for ourselves. And so, you know, I think like every few weeks, every few months, we find a new way to like leverage our software. Um, it's hilarious. Like, we're always, yes, figured this, like, there's another way to do this. So here, here's a, here's a quick one, you know, Mailshake's website, we get, we have like demo requests, right? You can request a demo, you can sign up and, and we, we don't have a free trial. We have a, just, you just buy it and we have a 30 day money back guarantee. We did a lot of testing. We're marketers, right? So like we tested it, it works better. So like, okay, let's do that. But a long way we get a lot of drop off when people don't purchase right they there's a, it's a two step two step sign up so first step is you get you get your information like your name email company blah 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 like what you're using it for and then the second step is actually purchasing put your credit card in choose a plan seats have you right so naturally there's a, lot, there's a drop off between step one and step two completion um and so pretty much anyone who abandoned sign up they get an automated flow like an, an email right um, and, and that is sent from Mailshake, right? So something happens, it goes from our form, it goes into, we use Pipedrive for our CRM. Okay. It gets pumped, piped into Pipedrive. If it doesn't make it to the, like, mark as complete, which are, you know, when, when someone purchases, mm -hmm. that lead will be moved as, like, one. If it doesn't get marked as one, it goes into this abandoned flow trial uh, sequence. And then we integrate with Pipedrive and it goes out we have a, a, a cadence that's about i think three to four emails okay and it's different i believe based off of um what you're using mailshake for so if you say marketing you get some marketing emails right if you get i mean marketing messages case studies will be sent what have you and so yeah it's just like simple funnel um yeah. and we and get like we can do the, the same thing they can follow along yeah. and use that's awesome absolutely yeah, I, I mean here here's so the biggest thing that mix for sure Exactly. And, and the biggest thing here is like most people just don't spend the time to follow up, right? Like someone signs up and you just don't do anything with it, right? Like, so it's like a missed opportunity and this, it's not a big number, but fully automated um, without sales touch at all. It's mm -hmm. about, uh, we get around 30 to 40 new customers coming in from that a month. Yeah. And then when we add in the sales folks, it's about somewhere between 50 to 60. So it's sent out from a sales rep um, and, but people just convert and, but when they actually engage in a conversation, you get a little bit more conversion. So um, salesperson's like, Hey, look, it's, you're doing my job for me. Cool. I'll just, I'll just check my inbox, you know? Nice. So I'm teaching a landscape class right now at Cal State Fullerton for the digital marketing landscape. And it goes through all the different mediums. Like I have a whole week where we go on inbound marketing, where we talk about, search and and social and then we get into paid advertising and uh, when we're talking about uh you know the the buyer journey and we're talking about marketing automation it's like you know we we look at we always seem to look at the upper funnel maybe the consideration phase and then the the buyer phase but a lot of times uh you know digital marketing stops there but there's so much more there's there's um uh, upsell right there's you can go back and try to upsell your your customer on something else cross sell mm -hmm. Um, and then there's the loyalty part and retention. And I think you're right. I think those two pieces get missed. Hey, we, we got the customer. We're done. Let's go get more customers. Well, mm -hmm. wait, you still have to nurture the customer who just came in. You know, I love when I make a purchase and like a few hours later, I get a thank you email from the CEO. I know it's automated, but it's still a thank you email from the CEO. And it sounds personalized because it has my name on it and tells me what I purchased. And 
um, how they appreciate our business. That means so much. You know, I, I open, like you said, there's a high open rate. I open those emails all the time because um, I just purchased. Of course, I want to know, you know what they're telling me now. So mm -hmm. I think I think you made a good point from a digital marketer's standpoint as you're thinking about, um, you know, email and, and uh, customer emailing customers. I think it's it's not just for sales. It's for client retention. It's for um, building brand loyalty and, and trust um, and just just a simple thank you email after a purchase uh, that goes beyond just the receipt, I think, you know, has a lot of value to, to customers. I think you got a, a really good point there. And, you know, as, as we we're talking about that, one of the questions that we came up with aligns with that that same idea. And, you know, as we get into to outreach and sending emails, um, copywriting and so forth, can you walk us through um, how you've come to define and understand that whole customer prospecting process? And, you know, where does a business owner start with that? Yeah, so I, I think it's first and foremost trying to find, um, in terms of prospecting, how do you identify, like, who who is the right customer? I think it's about understanding who is your best customer, right? So find out, figure out who your best customer is. Um, are you, let's say, you know, you've got your agency, you, you, do, you do trainings, you do all sorts of service-related things around the SEO world. Who is your best one? Is it, is it like, let's just, I'm going to make it up. It, 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 um, it's design agencies who then do design and they bring you in to do the SEO. Let's just say that is your best customer. Well, or your highest paying, the highest value they get, they love you. They, they, those are the ones that like send you the best, the, the best Christmas cards, right? Or the most, most leads. Well, now you know to go after design agencies, right? So you can use many tools, but really it's thinking through your business and figuring out like who are your best customers. Now, if you're new to your business, it's making assumptions. Who is going to get the most value from your business? Who can you start with? So sometimes it's not your best customers. Who is the, what's like a good starting point? Where do I have the least competition, right? Um, um, you know, we have a marketing agency as well um, that I'm not really in the day-to-day -day of, but our best customers are SaaS businesses and specifically SaaS businesses that are somewhere between one to $5 million in annual revenue. Like, so I, I don't do any, we don't do anything else besides go after those folks when we do outbound, right? And there's and and we, then then we go break it down even further. People, SaaS businesses, one to five million, who just hired their first marketing person. Okay. Why? Because they expect their first marketing person to do everything, and they generally either have to build a team or hire an outside team. And so we hope that they go with us. We can ramp up quickly and blah, blah, blah. We have our own little pitch there, but that's what we do. We go after that buyer. So I've said the best customer is, you know, X type of business um, at this revenue rate, hiring their first marketer and our persona is that marketer. And so we have to create content and everything around that, that and figure out the pain points of that. So uh, again, if you don't really know, um, take a couple stabs at it. HubSpot has this really good, just like persona template. Uh, I'd recommend using something like that, or even just saying like, yeah, it's, it's a great one. I mean, I think it's a good, like, if you haven't done it before, do that. And, and, and just make four or five different types of uh, personas. And then this is the hard part. And you have to do this. What's the one line? What's the one thing you are going to use to like, what's the, what's the why that, like this is a great customer. Like we are good for this 
marketing manager at a $1 million SaaS company because we can scale. They're hired to scale their marketing efforts and we can help them scale the fastest because we've already got the team. And, and that's the pitch. What that it, it's pretty much that is helping us craft the pitch. Obviously, when you find the prospect, there's more to that. We can we can talk about that as well. But it kind of right when it comes down yeah, to once like, you once you find them, I think in many industries it's a it's a free assessment or free sort of um, you know review of or performance review of what you're currently doing. Um, hey, even if you don't decide to work with us, at least knowing where the gaps are gives you a head start. You know, educating a client before they they hire you to build trust seems to be a really good um, you know segue into you know hopefully building a relationship. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like, we try to figure out, like, help them map out um, a, like a, a one-page strategy. So, like, uh, we, we call it, like, I mean, I've been, you know, doing marketing for such a long time. I call it the napkin napkin okay. marketing plan, right? Like, literally, like, you know, this is, like, what I would jot down if I'm meeting with the CEO and I'm interviewing for the job. Like, before I take a job as a VP of marketing or run the marketing thing, I kind of have to have in my head, like, what the heck am I going to kind of do for this? Right. And I have to validate it and blah, blah, blah. So like as an agency, we just help that marketer do it. And like, it's like, Hey, like you don't have to hire us. Just like, let's just go through this exercise together. And then you do it however you want to do it. Right. And we might be able to help you here, here and here. Um, but yeah, so, so again, that's our pitch. Um, doesn't mean that has to be the same pitch, but the point is where it, it's then taking, where can you add value? Right. Then I craft a subject line from that. I write the copy of the email and, and, and the cadence of how many times I follow up. And I find the like the, the high level like overview is that one third of your leads are going to come from your very first email. Okay. One third are going to come from maybe emails to um, the, the emails that you send in the first month, maybe like two to five, depending on how aggressive you go. And the last third is going to come from the long tail. Mm. are you still there i think i lost your yeah oh. no i i sneezed uh so i sneezed there okay uh so yeah but anyways the so what's the the long tail the long tail is really all about like the follow-up that happens after month one okay but maybe two year two right um and and you'd be surprised how many people just stop and give up right um I, I'm not a salesperson by trade, mm -hmm. but what I've learned when I brought on uh, my first agency, single grain, we doubled our revenue and doubled our close rate by one thing, following up until we get a no, right? Not until we get a yes. The yes is easy, right? Okay. You're done. Like you get the email back. Cool. I want to work with you. Awesome. But until you get the no, because 90% of leads just don't ever get back to you. They don't ever tell you no. So right. my business partner just, just said like, just relentlessly followed up until he got a no. Yep. And what that meant was when our, like when 90% of people were going to tell us no, that just ridiculous, I mean, or not get back to us, which was inevitably, uh, which turns out to be a no, if they don't say yes, is that of those 90%, he was able to close 10 or 15% more of them, right? Um, for a SaaS company, that could be a lot of, lot of revenue. So it's totally worth exactly. it for sure. So just, just following up and, and, you know, we have a customer, I, I just did a case study the other day with one of our customers who's a magician <laughs> and magician out of everything, right? He uses Mailshake to 
drive leads to his business. And um, like he does various shows, corporate events and whatnot. And yeah, and he was saying, he's like, okay, it's bad timing now. They just, you know, they're not the HR yeah, person. Sure what's going on right now. Yeah. yeah well, they all, he does it. What's even crazier. He does it all virtually. So like even harder sell. Surprisingly, he does really well for himself. He's booked out like three, four months in advance. But a lot of times it's just bad timing. And so the, that bad timing moment, he just follows up like, hey, when should I follow up? And then he stopped asking that question because he just assumed things. He's like, people make budgets every year. So that there's annual budget. So like if someone doesn't get back to me now, I'm sending an email all the way out to like 13 months from now because mm-hmm. they might have 11 months from now and 13 months because like yep. they might be in the budget planning in 11 months and they might be like have budget 13 months from now, right? So it's just like thinking about the longer longer term thing. And here's the last part of this. I'll, I'll talk about this cadence side of things is or the seek and, and follow-up is that um, – you always have to, it's really hard. You always have to focus on adding value, right? Um, and the value is like, not this. Hey, I just want to follow up to see if you had a chance to think about this. That is a stupid question. Because right. when you say, I want to follow up, that is exactly what your actions are doing. That's your email, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you get to the point. It's redundant. It's re- yeah, it's redundant and it's it's a little annoying, right? Because you get everyone does this. So um, just follow up with like, hey, I was thinking about you know, I was thinking about a conversation a few months ago. Or like, I, I was thinking about your company and I read an article that like I think you might find useful. Okay, even if that's a complete lie and BS, if you send somebody an article that might be helpful, mm-hmm. um, there's a good chance they're more likely to read it, right? Okay, if they don't. If they don't open that email out, maybe another article, maybe a podcast, maybe, maybe it's, you know, like, this is a great example. You're doing a podcast. Uh, You have a very interesting topic, right? On bottleneck. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe this is a part of your follow-up, right? So like it's where sales and marketing converge, where you can create a, uh, you could send your best content out there or the most relevant or what have you. So using that like agency example, one to 5 million ARR SaaS businesses targeting their first marketing hire, okay, six months in, they probably messed up something, right? So maybe I email them after like three, four months of me reaching out to them. Um, and that might be where they're in a little bit more than a quarter into their into their their stay at that company. Like, hey, uh, you know, just quick question. Like, it's okay, everybody messes up. I remember my first mess up at a SaaS company. What, what did you have? You have any mistakes you made? I'd love to just hear about it. No, yeah. don't worry. This and isn't going anywhere. Starter conversation starter, not not a sales pitch. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And um, yeah, and and again, like here's the thing. There's the thing I just mentioned about like mess up. So like you know, budget planning. Are you planning for 2022? These are all things you can pre-define in an automated sequence, right? Um, is it? Is it genuine? Yes, because you did the work to make, to understand the persona, the prospect and say, these are pain points they have. You did the work to find the article, you know, or content or write the article in in some cases. Um, You just automated it, right? You did the work up front so you don't have to do it on the fly, right? Um, So yeah, uh, this is kind of how our sales team and, and, and our agency sales team just like wakes up to leads every morning. Now it's not a whole lot because Turns out the TAM for this size business is 
like it's it's a very specific size companies that work so a little small but yeah that's kind of the approach and and as i say when you get into some of that actual copywriting you you have an approach right to this uh email copy. i was actually reading some stuff off uh, of some of your your content and it's actually really genius when you when you get into it you've got like um you know it's going from the subject line to the opener do you want to talk through kind of that um that copywriting approach and uh, what's sure. been effective sure so i think i break it down into like three or four pieces mm-hmm. um one is the subject line super short clear um let's just put it this way and Focus it doesn't say i'm just following up in the subject no or anything related to like about me yeah super short right five words or less um i've done this at Mailshake, we send, I don't know, 100 million plus emails. Uh, we've sent over 100 million emails in the last five years um, and that, that are trackable and whatnot. And um, though, like things that have less than five words just got a significantly higher open rate. And then it actually goes, it gets better with less words. So like less words, better, right? Um, if you can figure out a way to make it a question or personalize it, even better. I'm not going to go into like, how exactly to do that you can even do things like quick question yes it's been used to death but it still works right so if you want to don't you want to be not so generic say quick question about insert whatever right sure like that relevant topic to whatever that person is i I hate getting the re emails because i feel like crap did i did i not respond to somebody or something i don't know this and i'm like ah you're just you sucker me in opening it and i haven't even heard from you before Mm -hmm. The re, the for, the in, fake intro, like emails, all that, they work. They work really well to get you to open the email. But as soon as you've opened the email, you completely lost the trust of the person you're emailing because you lied to them. Yep. And lying to start a relationship, especially if you're selling services, is ridiculously – it's just like how, how, are you, how are you planning to close this deal now that you shot yourself in the foot? So anyways, they must, they must be just counting on bulk rates. Like, Hey, if we send a million of these, we know we're going to get high open rates. Someone's going to actually read it and we'll get some customers. And it's just like burned like most of that list. Exactly. And And, and you just kind of lie. Nothing good happens when you lie to them. You're just calling your way out of it. You might get the people who appreciate the hustle or the people who have been misled um, and not, not knowing it. But again, Mm -hmm. like, it's, it's, it's 2000 it's 2021 people know a fake intro email right these tactics don't last forever right that's the thing is you hear about them you read about them all the time by the time you read about this amazing tactic chances are it's probably not going to work anymore yeah um so this is this this approach here is short subject line now five it's about less. Five, like five words or less mm-hmm. and and a bonus points if you can be a question and less words the better um the the now Title it's about case the, or sentence case. Um, either one. Okay. Um, it doesn't. It I haven't found a with five words. It's kind of hard to like test this. I haven't found a significant difference in in um in either one. I know what your I found the test is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, our open rates are good, right? I think that yeah. uh, open rates are generally good. It, that doesn't necessarily mean you've got interest, right? So this is kind of why I want to get into like the, the body. Now it, it, I'm going to break it into three parts. You've got your intro, like one sentence. And so email copy needs to be super short, scannable. Yes. The intro 
sentence, you've got like less than one second of someone's time. All right. That's um, worse than a web page, right? Gary Isle said, what, two seconds? You have two seconds to get their attention. So an email, exactly. you, have less than a second. you have less than a second. And most of this can be assessed. Remember the first, the intro sentence, the first sentence actually can be seen before you open it in your inbox. Yeah, preview. So in the preview pane, right? So uh, oftentimes that's the one second you're getting and not getting. But the first sentence you can do is use that to get five more seconds. Right. Okay. That's all they're doing. If um, if you can get that, then great. If you cannot, um, then then you have lost that deal. Right. Then you are relying then on your own, only on your follow up emails to kind of get um, the attention. So keep it short. Don't start with "Hi, my name is blah blah blah." <laughs> Don't even talk about yourself. Use your email signature for Damn. all the things you want to talk about yourself. You want to brag. This is your, your email signature is your social proof. Leave it at that. Because guess what? I know you're Steve. Your name says Steve in the name of the, of the, the sender, right? So I, I don't, you don't need to say, hi, I'm Steve of blah, 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 blah. Like, just talk to me. Just start the conversation, right? right. Um, and so. And you're saying questions it, work. So if you start your headline with a, a question, you could probably reiterate it in the first sentence in different words, right? Or like you could say, you can, uh, you can continue the conversation, right? So like um, question about your growth, like, are you dealing with any issues? Like, are you, how many, how many people are you hiring right now uh, for your marketing team? Right? right? Isn't it a pain? Do you want to just get started right now? Uh, I, I'm just making stuff off, off the fly. Like I, I don't, we don't actually use this one, but like, Continue the question, right? Um, the shorter, the better. The simpler that what you want them to do in their head is a mentally answer yes. Yes, that is a pain point. What they're doing is confirming in their head emotionally to keep going. Um, Tim, Tim and so that lately on one of the podcasts we did with him recently, he actually had mentioned uh, it's more effective as opposed to just saying what your value proposition is or focusing on your value proposition um, really hitting the, the user's psychological pain, right? Like this must be really killing you. Like you're, you must be losing tons of money. Like, Oh my God. Like, yeah, that's, you just like totally smacked me. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, and again, like that's the goal that might not be how it's received, but you want to over dramatize this subject, <clears throat> this, this first sentence, because, um, you have that one second you're going to get, right? And so like in the one second, you want to like be memorable, right? It's a headline of a Facebook ad. Really, it's a headline of a Facebook ad, um, not a Google ad, right? The Google ad is like, I know what you're, I'm looking for this blah, blah, blah solution. Right. On the Facebook ad, I'm scrolling through Facebook. Leave me alone, dude. I just want to see cute pictures of babies or whatever, right? Like um, <clears throat> whatever people do on Facebook these days, although there's images, you know, like we're disrupting the flow. And that's okay. Um, so make it, make it bold. Um, the next thing is how you can help them solve that question. Right. So, um, are you building out your team? We've got a team ready to like, we help blah, blah, blah companies with growth. And we've got a team of blah, blah, and blah to go right now. You, you can get started in 30 days, uh, versus a typical hiring process and ramp up of four months. And you don't even know if the strategies are going to work. And so by four months, we'll have proved out whatever, right? So like, again, like, 
decision identify. makers don't read emails at all. Like they yeah. like for sure. I I've gotten to that point now where I'm like like in CEO mode when I'm going through email because I get so many of them. Like if yeah. you can't immediately solve a pain or a problem or an issue uh, right away, it's just like delete, 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 delete. I just I don't have the time. So you're right. Exactly. To be like right on point. And and I've I've actually responded to to emails because they did have something I was looking for right away that would uh, help me improve KPIs or something that I, I found to be um, you know helpful. Hey, are you are you still using um, older tools like Moz Local and Bright Local? There's this new thing you might be interested in, right? And you're like, well, yeah, something better than something I'm already using. They already know yeah. me. They know that I'm using an older platform or, or likely using an older platform, and they're showing me something new and innovative. Yeah, I'll check that out. You know, absolutely. And you can make it like they make an assumption that you're using it. Maybe you've got local SEO on your website. Right. And they, you've been doing it for a while. So they, I think those are like very easy to find technology. Mm -hmm. Just when you're prospecting, um, you just got to include that information, right? So although that email may not have been at all personalized, it feels relevant, right? And that's the whole point is to categorically personalize. And so um, I always personalize the first sentence of the email and that's it. Okay. Um, and the reason for that is that uh, you don't need to get carried away with personalization. My emails are generally three to four sentences long, an intro, what I can do for that person, like what I do, and then a call to action. Let's jump on a call tomorrow. You're around at 3 p.m. Right. Um, now, the bigger the friction, and the no, bigger the ask. No, no yes or no's or whatever. Right? Yeah. You always have to, to Talk, provide like, time. Speak like a human being, right? If I call you, Steve, let's just say you we met somewhere and I called you up like, hey, um, you want to go grab beers in, in in two weeks on Thursday at, you know, whatever. And you might say no, but how about Friday, right? Yep. Um, but, you you know, try to be specific. Now, if I said like, hey, do you want to take our families to Disneyland together for the first time hanging out? You'd probably be like, like, I don't know if I can pull that off, right? Like that's a bigger friction ask. Now you got to get more decision makers in there. So like. Think about the least friction you can ask, right? Um, or the least, less, the less the friction, the the more likely you're going to get that action. And Higher what speed. I try to do is say, like, here's a specific time, and I try to make that a vague time, like, hey, I'm free between like three to five tomorrow. Um, and I, I don't want to say tomorrow sometimes because like I know they're not going to open it tomorrow. It might not be going out. I might say like towards the end of the week, sure. right, or like next week. Early next week is always kind of a good, good one because like you could set it on Monday and still be relevant next Monday, right. um, where tomorrow might be Saturday. You know, sometimes. Um, but anyways, um, or hey, like just like here, you can use this calendar link to schedule, right? Like so, give them a specific time and then give them like an easy opt out, uh, opt in to like automate it, right? If I just said here's my calendar link, mm -hmm. it kind of comes off as like I'm too busy to like give a damn. Here's my link, dude. Figure it's it out, right? At all, yeah. It's yeah. Totally personalized. It's just like, you know, hey, I'm I'm desperate for for business, and um, if you if you can click this link, then you can schedule a time with me, and I I won't have to put any effort into this. You know. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Exactly. So, and and that's it. That's the email. That's it. Now in the subject line, I mean, in, in the signature, I've got my name, my company, I've got my accolades. Like we work with, like, you know. 20 of the top 50 blah, blah, blahs, right? Like, or we're like G2 crowd rated software 
five or, stars, or you 20 put a, liter. A testimonial in there, right? Read more. Or customer testimonial. Or or like how many big clients, like, you know, trusted by Microsoft, LinkedIn, and blah, 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 right? Like, or like we're Google AdWords, Facebook sort of, I don't know, whatever, right? Like yeah. just like social proof. That's your social proof. All of what I just described right here is actually um, all I take I look at this as exactly above the fold web page copy, right? Mm -hmm. You come to the site, headline, big bold question, promise, what have you. Um, and that's the subject line of the open there. You've got the call to action. You've got like why you should why somebody should have the call to action, right? It used Without to be like yeah, only required. They see it all like right exactly. above the fold on mobile, because we know they're all on mobile devices now, right? Exactly. And that's the other part is like the longer your email, again, like you could just assume almost more than half your emails are going to be read on email. I mean, on mobile. And so just write shorter emails and it's hard. Don't get me wrong. Like writing short emails is really, really difficult. You need to take four or five pass throughs at this. Right. But here's what I see most people, not just our customers, but everyone writing cold email or like anyone writing email in general is that they just, kind of take the lazy approach mm. like hey i've got a big list i'm just gonna i'm just gonna write the email yeah. but no no like when you write headline copy or when you write web page copy you look at that thing like 10 times over right you, you, you put editors have you have, you look you do your I've research seen clients do that by the way i've seen clients sign up for their competitors newsletters just to mm -hmm. understand how they're communicating with their customers absolutely really yeah. absolutely so it, you should be putting in that amount of time that amount of effort and or at least following that process where you maybe do two three rounds of revisions on the email and the reason for this is whether your tam or the the, the prospect list is one hundred thousand or one million or five thousand mm -hmm. like you don't want to waste it right yeah, and the lifetime value of, of a customer if they opt out and they don't see any more messages that's hundreds of thousands of dollars over the years that you could be missing out on exactly so that's that's really the approach there super short very clear also use the language of your buyer again these are like if you read robert cialdini's like books okay this is like copywriting 101 right it is not very complex you know, you know i'm stuck in in my seo bubble so a lot of this is totally new to me so thanks for uh, yeah yeah no no worries it, you know it, it's it's really funny he's like we all kind of know this stuff, but when we try to apply it to X, something that might be not our out of our comfort zone, yeah. we're like, oh, brain fart, I don't know what to do. What do I, you know, how do I, how do I go about this, oh, right? Yeah, I'm just gonna wing it, right? And then, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And we actually have a tool. So anyone like struggling with copywriting, mm -hmm. um, go to mailshake.com slash email dash okay. analyzer. It's a free tool. You write your copy, copy and paste it, whatever. Uh, you don't need to log in or anything. And it'll just tell you what's wrong with it. Nice. Um, yeah, just copy whatever you got. Or the copy's too long or, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Stuff like, and it'll get like, so I've done hundreds and hundreds of calls where I help people one-on-one, -on -one, maybe even thousands now with doing the webinars because we do one-to-many now approach. Right. And I've said the same 25 things over. And over and over and over again. So we built a tool that pretty much looks out for 25 things and we adjust it over time. And, you know, we kind of have a little bit of a weighted scale. Like, don't say this word, right? Like, um, so some spam stuff, some obvious stuff, but like 
uh, it's a little gentle I reminder. Guest blogging services. Like I already yeah. have that filter set up. If that's in a sentence, it's like auto delete. <laughs> exactly right. So like, what's a different way? Let's let's work together, right? So I've got this my email I've been using for like five years okay. is co-marketing. Like my subject line for all my guest posts and uh, link exchange emails, backlink, like requesting backlinks. The subject line is code uh, co-marketing. Okay. Why, why co-marketing? I don't know. No one uses, that's not a word. Like that's it's not, as, it's not, it's not yeah. requesting anything. It's saying, Hey, I'll scratch your back. If you scratch mine kind of thing. Right. Yeah. And, and also it's vague enough to where like, it's not guest post Cause sometimes we're like, Hey, like you want to do a webinar together? Do you want to do a blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's vague. Yeah. Um, now one thing I didn't talk about here in your, in writing emails and who you target and all that stuff that I want to make sure I mention is sure. if you combine that with actually blogging and building a personal brand, that is where you have, you are amplifying your success, right? So um, if you have a blog, first of all, you can include content that you write about mm -hmm. in the emails, right? Like in, in your follow, follow email, Hey, I just published this article that like, I think, probably I bet you're living this day to day, like just check it out. I think point number three will be very helpful for you. Really? It doesn't yeah. even matter. Totally, it doesn't yeah. even matter. Yeah. It doesn't even matter what point three is. Right. Who cares? Yeah. Like just be specific. Right. Um, but, but so you kind of come off cross as an authority. And if you look at this, like, um, uh, and like gong is a great example of this. They, their sales reps all have personal brands. HubSpot okay. has done a great job of this too. Yeah. All their sales reps have personal brands. And first of all, most of them are not doing this work themselves. The marketing team is powering this. So when I reach, when HubSpot reaches out to me, um, I think it's like somebody wanting to do some cool shit together, right? I'm like, oh, HubSpot, like, it's this person who like, I've been following on LinkedIn for a little bit, right? And you know what they do is they, ping me like they connect with me on LinkedIn. They like my stuff, they engage, don't say anything two, three weeks later, then they like ping me. Right. Bam and, it. um, <laughs> and then they, then they start to like, they, they start the process. They start to like surround me. But by that time, it's not a cold email. It's actually a warm email. Like mm -hmm. I'm like, Oh, Justin seems familiar. Right. Like, yeah. so that's, that's my point is like, if you don't have a personal brand, it's always super you, short too. Hey, how's it going? Yeah. How's it going? Yeah, ex exactly. Conversational. How are you? Um, they, they talk like they're at a coffee shop meeting new people, right? Yeah. Um, that's kind of how I like to, I like to do it. Like it's, uh, you know, it's not quite the, like you're sitting next to a random stranger on an airplane. You're going to be stuck for a while. Right. Like it's not the single serving friend, but it's the like stranger you might see again. Right. Uh, at a coffee shop. That's yeah. awesome. So we went through a few questions uh, that we kind of already put together because we wanted to pick your mind for, you know, some of the things that you've, you've learned over the years. I mean, it sounds like you've been doing this, you incorporated and, and set up everything around 2015. So it's been what, six years, just living and breathing in, in email world, even though before that, I know you were grinding in, in all areas of digital marketing and SEO is a big part of that as well. Um, what do we have uh, when we think about like risks, right? Um, what are some risks worth taking? In terms of, uh, I know we talked about pain points, but what are some things that that are that have paid off that you've seen? Um, you know, as you're you're shooting emails out from, um, you know, from the system. What what are some risks that you think businesses should take? 
Uh, I mean, risks people should take are just go for the ask, go for the go for the thing you're not sure you can get, right? Um, because all that will tell you is why not, why it won't work once you do it. If or it might work, and great, awesome, you just generated revenue, you just did something. Um, yeah. So just don't don't like shy around the fact that you're a business trying to make money. Go for the ask, right? Um, let's be realistic. A marketing newsletter, a you're subscribed to like, you know, Zappos getting coupons. You you go to CVS, you get a six thousand page receipt of coupons. Oh my god, they're doing that where you're at now too. Jesus. <laughs> oh man, I think like I think single handedly they they're they're crushing the Amazon rainforest. Um, CVS alone, because so, especially because the coupons expire like in three days too. Yeah. Anyways, and we, that's we, another point. We put them in our car like we're going to use them because it's like oh three bucks off, but then we don't go back in three days. It's trash. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. <laughs> Um, it, it like, let's not pretend like a business is not here to make money. Businesses right. are here to make money, but it doesn't mean they can provide, they, they can't add value while doing it. Right. Um, doesn't mean, uh, making money doesn't have to be a bad thing. And so I think in your emails, go for the ask, go for a very direct ask, mm. you know, don't, don't like shy around it. So if you have a newsletter, Ask your newsletter to do something every once in a while. Um, take an action, share something, do something for you. Get people to respond. Um, because first of all, you don't want to come across as you're talking at somebody, but also like you want people to know like I'm what do you want? Just, Why are you eating? Yeah. What do you want? What is it you're trying yeah. to, you know, just get to the so point. So every once in a while, yeah. every once in a while, I ask for stuff, right? I, I promote my own stuff. And the reason for promoting stuff is also like. Hey, I, like I've, it's like, I like the, like Gary V, you know, jab, jab, um, right hook. It's like yeah. give away content, give value, 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 ask for something, right. Get something out there. Um, and so, yeah, I think take those risks, right. Take that e email, that prospect, you're not sure you can get, um, and, and the voice thing you can get is a no, the best thing you can get is a yes, somewhere most likely in the middle you'll, you'll get a no because of law and you'll be able to solve law eventually right or, or even better you'll provide so much value in, in what you're doing that they'll forward it to someone else i've, I've gotten that before so and so forward me an email from your news newsletter and um thought I, this would be uh, helpful for us and so we'll we'll get a lead that way simply because we provide a lot of value in the you know in the communication Absolutely. Yeah. We, I, I try to like those, those leads, you know, the first example I talked about with like the, the people signing up for Mailshake and abandoning the sign up yep. some point in the three months we tried to close them. They don't, if they don't sign up, they get into a newsletter yeah. and some point down the road, there's a percentage of them that actually convert later. Right. Or, um, they just, they, they open our emails. And so I'm like, okay, okay. I guess we're providing value here because they they've opened our emails and they're reading, clicking on our content and whatnot. That's interesting. And, you know, I, I, I think it's amazing how many businesses are so afraid to, to do anything because they just don't know where to start. And it sounds like it sounds like your platform, it really it creates a way for businesses who are still sort of new uh, to what to do to, to have sort of a walkthrough on it. Um, and I know I know one of the questions that we were going to talk about, I know we're, we're kind of getting short on time was like email open rates. And, you know, honestly, when I when I think about it, um, I know it varies. I know B2B email is like totally different from like B2C email. Um, but if you were to talk about email open rates in general, what, 
what exactly does it calculate? What, in, in your opinion, what, what is, what does an open rate mean for business when they're looking at their data? Um, I think it's a good indicator of some interest. I ultimately, I look at reply rates more than anything else. Um, so I, I think first and foremost, you have to be very careful about open rates. It's almost like, a uh, Facebook's attribution. Okay. Uh, they're very sure Facebook had something to do with that conversion, mm. but they're fairly loose about it. Right. Like yeah. maybe it was a 90 day window, you know? So like, um, it's a good indicator of success. It's like, are you going North or South? Are you, is it working or is it not? But it's not a like revenue attribution. It's not a, this is working. I think, I think reply click through rates, um, actual leads generated are the the, the core yeah. um people just won't open email regardless of, of how, how much they still like you and trust you right I, I get a ton of really helpful newsletters that i think one day when i get caught up i'm going to want to go into my archive and read you know but i don't i don't unsubscribe because i like the brand i like what they do and i'm sure there's some helpful content in the email but i won't open it right away simply because i'm busy so i think you're right and and a lot of folks, you know, when they when they get an email, they might defer opening it. They might move it to a folder, you know, and then on the weekend pull it open. Or maybe they're on vacation and they want to read it, and they'll pull it into a label or something, and then open it later. So I, I think that makes a lot of sense because then it's not as much about you know the the open rate than it is about how they're actually interacting with it for those who did open it. That makes sense. Exactly. And and one of the things about open rate that's a little misleading these days is like there's a lot of spam um bots and crawling and uh antivirus things like bots yep that open emails so you could have a 90 percent open rate but that's just because a bot open email not an actual human being and so um, uh, we we something yeah. one of the things yeah exactly one of the things we're actually implementing now that's going to be out there in the software and, and again like our software is, i like to think it's the best but I don't, you know, it doesn't really matter what software you use. I think the whole point is like do set cadences and follow-ups and make sure you're nurturing your leads Yeah. or, uh, and doing follow-ups. But, um, one of the things that we're going to, we, we've got coming out here in the next few months is actually intent and temperature of email. Um, so if somebody opens your email. Great. Okay. Do they, do they stay on for like a second or like a minute? Did they like open it five times? Right? Make, that's a hot lead. If somebody opens your email like five, six times, like that means you need to call them. Like you need to do, you need to follow up right now. You need like whatever you need to do, get, get them on. Yeah. Hey, right. Yeah. Email. Figure. Yeah. Exactly. But like, so like, uh, temperature, like engagement, temperature, and so we're kind of testing out different things right now. But yeah, that, that's going to be out there too. And so the whole point is like, you've got these people opening your emails. Okay, great. And you've got people who then reply to your emails you know, maybe their leads and, you know, obviously some people are going to say no, maybe not so nicely, but there might be people who don't respond, but they open your email like five times or they're on their five, six minutes or like, you know, they forward it off and what have you. So, um, and all, so, that, all that data, you know, it, it, that segues into creating much better content as you start to see what that temperature, how that temperature improves. And then you've, you've got a framework because now you can take that and, every quarter or once a year, you can, you can apply that same similar messaging and narrative to, um, you know, to a new campaign because you've, you've been watching what, what produces red versus what produces green. That's actually really brilliant. When does that come out? Yeah. Um, sometime in, in Q2. Okay. 
Yeah, it's it's like we're I've been playing with it for the last few weeks. It's pretty good. Um, so yeah, it's like it, it, what it will do is essentially identify maybe ten to fifteen percent. Depends on like your results, but like mm-hmm. more leads that you've got that you probably don't know because you don't know that information. So, sure. um, well, yeah. I have a question. You've you've been amazing at helping us with understanding how to send emails to. Uh, customers and, and prospecting and potential customers. And I hope folks that are that are listening, you know, are taking notes because there's a lot of really good content. Um, but something that that I've always admired you for is is growth hacking. It's, it's the way that that you've just you've uh, you've grown your companies. You've helped um, you know with with everything that you've been doing. It's just it's just been something that us entrepreneurs um, have looked up to. We followed in your footsteps in, in many ways and. Um, you know, I've always admired just watching, you know, win awards and, Hey, I was featured in entrepreneur and now I'm writing for entrepreneur. And, um, with, um, with that in mind, you know, what, what really grows, it uh, goes into like a, a growth hacker strategy. How, how can we be like, like Susan, right? <laughs> yeah, I think, um, uh, I think it, it's the focus on taking action, Right. Um, I'm glad you didn't say fun. I drink a lot of Red Bull or Monster because, you know, that would have. Yeah. No, it. no. It's, <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, your intestines will just get like ulcers yeah. uh, if you do too much of that. Um, Thanks. But um, yeah, I think it's just taking action, right? Um, okay. Not being afraid to kind of fail and also swimming outside of your lane. So mm-hmm. let's just say you're an SEO. Well, look, there is more than SEO in marketing and there is more than marketing in to generate revenue. And there is more than generating new revenue in growing a business, right? So like put it in perspective, maybe there's an SEO, there's PPC, there's, you know, outbound set, there's other marketing channels. In marketing, there may be more than just new revenue. That'd be like, um, there might be sales, there might be, you know, like customer success. If you're generating revenue, new revenue, if you're doing marketing and sales, what about reducing churn, retention, expansion revenue, you know, selling more to your existing customers and whatnot. Um, and, and so like, just think outside the bubble. Mm. And, and I've kind of, you know, I start off as an SEO and I was like, look, over time, first of all, SEO has kind of turned into like building a being great marketer. But um, I think I realized that I actually, why do I have to limit myself? And it was a self limitation. I was like, wait, I'm a marketer, but doesn't mean I have to only grow my business with marketing strategy, like with marketing tactics. So I think just thinking outside the box and then um, I always like to test things out. So I have the 80, 20 rule. Like I'm always testing 20% of my efforts is always testing crazy, stupid ideas. Like it's literally throwing stuff at the wall, except for they're calculated things on the wall. So what I typically do is I'll write my crazy ideas out throughout the week. I have a little spreadsheet. I use kind of the ice framework. Um, and, and so it's like, um, the impact that it, it, it's really the, the measuring the impact, the amount of time it's going to take and like what it is. Okay. And so, and you do that every week or, well, so we, I put into this document ideas all the time, the whole team, everybody at the company does. And, and we don't, you, that's just so everybody can contribute to, contribute to the ideas. And then every week or every month, uh, depends on kind of how, how much bandwidth we have or how big the idea is. Sure. We'll go actually to take a look at this and say, okay, what should we test? Right. Mm-hmm. And some, some might be like, Oh, like let's, we got to go use this like 
test this software or like some might be like change the link here because like it we should push a webinar versus a demo and that would be better right like small big or like some might be like redesign the product okay that's right. a lot that's a big one right so like um but it will float the bigger ideas to the top and so we just try to knock out things that we don't normally do and we try to measure the impact it will have or like try to predict the impact it will have and it's just more of like oh like this will help do blah right and and again like once you write that out i like to ideate all the time okay right because you get the best ideas in the shower or whatever right like yep. you don't get your ideas and that's a different part of your mind that's functioning than when you're actually saying sorting through your ideas and say which one should i do so um again like 20 percent is where i kind of maybe even maybe even 25 percent, but no more than that okay um and i literally just uh i just you know throw that out there and and um and that way i've always got something randomly new different that i'm testing out that's that's not the normal so um you're not uh, resting on your laurels you're not um getting complacent you're you're constantly trying to think differently and and try different angles so that's 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 what i'm hearing for those folks that are thinking about hey i, I really want to growth hack my way into you know being successful um it starts it starts with ideas it starts with saying what that idea is supposed to do and it starts with having a mechanism to record those ideas so that when you are in the shower or somewhere else that you you have somewhere that you can record those because you're right i think i i lose probably 90 percent of my ideas because i don't write them down i think about it and then you know three seconds later i'm on to something else so yeah and also just making time in the process for it right like if you just went with all your crazy ideas, you would probably be doing a lot of bad marketing. Yeah. But if you made time for a place to do them, a little safe place, a bubble yeah. where, like, okay, yeah. I'm gonna just do the one. Like, I got all these ideas, I gotta just do one, right? And it just kind of forces you um, out, of, out of your bubble. And, and also like, I like to use this as a collaborative effort with my whole company. Like everybody that got access to this document um, and they just put everything in a, in a place. That's right. And not they're, they're not all good ideas. Don't get me wrong. Mine are horrible. When I think about it, like a week later, I'm like, Oh, that's stupid. I should probably like, but that's okay. It got, I, I went through a successful brainstorm. Something. Yeah. You did something. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Well, I know we had a ton of other questions, but we might have to just do another podcast at some point. I definitely want to get to some of my lightning round questions. Um, we, we talked about growth hacking. We talked about sending emails and how to communicate and, uh, writing great headlines and first sentences. Uh, we we talked about getting to know your who your audience is and the right um, you know part of that audience. Um, where this is our lightning round number one is is where can other folks who who want to learn about how how to communicate and and email uh, potential leads where can they go to learn more to to get. Um, I mean, there's so many, like you said, there's HubSpot, there's LinkedIn Learning Academy. If, if I if I go one place, what would that one place be? Um, so many places, I think. Um, I think the, the there, Heath and Shaw has this blog, uh, great newsletter. Okay. Uh, I would just subscribe to his newsletter if Heath you want to learn Shaw. more. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, I think it's Heathenism, H-I-T-E-N-I-S-M.com. Okay. And yeah, subscribe to his newsletter as a weekly newsletter that's like growth related articles, sales, marketing, product, business, kind of a little bit of everything. 
um, and follow the links. So I just, I, I follow the links. I use uh, a, a pocket, an app to read new content. Okay. I find content all the time. <laughs> You're on Feedly. Okay. Yeah. I find content all the time. I just bookmark it, add it to read my later and I read it later. And okay. in fact, I actually hate reading. So I listen to a lot of content. So it actually reads to me. That's um, awesome. say, say some, spares my eyes. That's awesome. Yeah. Who do we, who do we follow on social media aside from you, of course? Um, let's see. I would look at, um, I, I like to follow the brands. I think if okay. you're looking for marketing, I think follow like HubSpot, um, follow, you know, like, I, I think like, I like to follow the links of my content. Okay. And anyone I find that I, I like their content, I always engage with them online, right? So um, I think these days, companies are doing a great job. I mean, look at Mail, like follow Mailshake. You'll, you'll find all the links because we, we kind of share all the stuff. Um, I, I would look at them based off of your audience. If you're like B2B, follow them on LinkedIn. If you want to hear their random unfiltered thoughts by Twitter, if you're in the B2C space, follow them on, on Facebook and see what they're doing. On B2B, yeah. Yeah, because um, every channel is different based off what you're what you're trying to do. Um, to be honest, these days, I'm usually more heads down. Um, and I try to connect with smart folks once a week. So what do I, I don't are you, really follow are you using people. The, the clubhouse? Uh, I've done a couple of clubhouses, uh, okay. event, um, I don't know what they call events, I don't know, hangouts, whatever. Um, Pretty, pretty decent turnout. Um, I, I think I'm pretty hesitant to go all in on a, a new platform mm -hmm. because I think uh, if you look at what, what's happening now, it's going to be turned into a feature mm -hmm. on all the major social networks. So yeah. I will be definitely clubhousing it up when LinkedIn releases their version of it because <laughs> um, um, it's a platform that we invest in. So. Um, I know Twitter has their own, like, I think it's spaces. I don't know what it's called these days, to be honest. Um, you, mean, you mean Google plus didn't work for you? I mean, <laughs> no, I'm more of a Google buzz kind of guy. There you go. Google wave. Right. Wave. There you go. <laughs> Remember that one? So, um, wave is coming back, by the way. Wave is, is coming really? back. Good. Well, because not... I like some of the features and I love the translation and the communications. That was awesome. Um, They're trying to build a teams competitor, Slack competitor. Okay. With so, a Google cloud. Aside from your tools, because you've got some some pretty amazing uh, programs, uh, what are some of your your favorite digital marketing platforms out there? I mean, I, I think from an SEO perspective, I use um, I use Ahrefs and okay. Semrush every day. I mean, yeah. not so much every day, but that's my my go to tools when I look I at a competitor. When I'm blend the features, so we don't have to use both. It's driving me crazy. Um, I can't I do intersect on on SEO link mentions. Well, on a CM rush. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's, I'll gladly pay for both because they help me leverage why, my why time. Can't I export my unlinked mentions on Ahrefs <laughs> after five years. Um, about it. What else? I'm on, I'm on, um, I, I, I do mostly spreadsheet work, to be honest. Okay. Uh, meaning like I, I've created like my like crazy ideas doc, right? And, and so I'm looking at the ICE framework. Uh, I use the ICE framework to help me kind of. Organize that. Um, we're, we're living in smart sheets right now, and we're we're using it as as task management. Um, and we're creating portals and roll ups and stuff. And 
it's a lot nice. more complicated than I originally expected it to be. I thought it was just like an Excel on, on steroids, but there's, there's a lot more to that platform formulas and other things that you can do that you can't do in Excel. But, nice. uh, but yeah, I, well, but we could probably do something very similar to that I structure that you're talking about within Smartsheets. Yeah, absolutely. And um, the last one I'd say, I use a lot of tools for my day to day, like Jira, you know, I'm in, I'm in uh, um, Trello for our content and, and whatnot. But um, the, the tool, I think, that's maybe relevant to marketing. Oh crap. It, it like literally <clears throat> I spaced on it. Um, so Evernote for my personal note taking, um, pocket, I make a lot of loom videos or, um, loom is just one app. I use goat video sometimes, but really I use video to share important updates or things with the team so that we can have asynchronous communication. Because and they can like get the breath. Emails do not come off the way. I, I sent a loom yesterday. One of our, our uh, partners at this digital uh, like web design stuff, for one of our clients, and the client had some dissatisfaction during a call about one little element. Rather than send an email that turn, might turn into a flame, I just sent a video and I showed compassion and empathy and understanding. And the feedback from that was so much more positive than it would have been if I would have just written out a text email. So you, you nailed it with how important I think loom and and that type of communicating can be i mean the folks in, international folks are using whatsapp you know for for doing those types of communications as opposed to using text because the your, your tone your voice you know the emotion and so forth has such a difference in how you communicate nice yeah i, I think it's like it's also good like for for us we do a lot of like um when we hire new folks or when we're onboarding or like interviewing send me a loom video like give me the breadth of the information so i like we've got a whole like library of like here's our core values right now let's have a conversation about it whenever you're ready like you watch this whenever the heck you want to watch this you know let's we'll go talk about it and and if you hear my if you see my loom video on my or core values uh -huh. like you'll you'll see the you'll see me fired up you'll see us like you know i'll get really animated i'll talk about why these are important blah 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 right you know, I could say that for every new hire, but that'd just be a lot of time everyone has to spend to have the same conversation. Or, and frankly, um, with now being full, you know, we've been remote for, for since day one, but now that our companies are remote, like think about doing things that can leverage your time the best, right? Um, and so that's kind of what we do. Um, and we also have a lot of, uh, the last thing is workflow automations. So we use Slack, um, but if you use teams or whatever you use, there are automate like shortcuts. So we, we use like Slack shortcuts for, um, Google drive for Google, doing, um, integration a with bunch Jira. Of things. Yep. Exactly. So like somebody, so the biggest thing we do for our software companies are we've got like, we've got this feedback culture, okay. but we like try to get feedback from the customer directly. Hmm. And so, and we want the best people who have that feedback are customer support, success and sales. They are talking to customer marketing people. They're talking to customers all the time. Yeah. Um, I talk to customers every once in a while, but I do like the good stuff, like case studies or the really bad ones where like it gets escalated to me. Right. right. So my view of like, or somebody always, I always get like nice messages. Like, Oh, I love your software. It's great. Blah, blah, blah. Like, so I, I have a very skewed vision of our software. It, it's, People like it a lot enough to do case studies, text me, and then sometimes they really are frustrated and, you know, there might be a building issue, whatever, right? right. But 
the reality is our support and sales teams have a very different view of it. So we want that feedback. So we've set up these workflows inside of Slack to then for them to like say quickly, like here, copy and paste this. Here's a video. Here's a feedback. And so what it's done is shorten the cycles of the feedback loop, right? Um, and, it and it's that way too, because it's, it's workflow. It, it has to have an ending at some point. It doesn't just go off into oblivion forever. Exactly, exactly. And so I think that has helped us take like take action on it. And it's like this repeated process after about like three, six months, meaning people give the feedback and we actually implement it because you got to dev it. You got to do the work for it. Right. Um, people are like, oh, wow, you took my idea. And we thank the person who came up with the idea and the customer who came up with the idea. Yep. And it's like this like gratitude, circle of gratitude. It makes them want to do more, right? And it gets the customer like, oh, like you actually listened to me. They, they and like we send the, some, well, sometimes we even share the screenshot, like, Hey, like, here's a screenshot of the conversation. Like you helped drive this feature. Thank you. Right. Um, so, yeah. Giving, giving credit to the person who brought it up. That's, and that's, that's like social proof, but it also helps with that brand loyalty thing we talked about earlier. Cause now, now they feel personally important and loved. I love that. Hey, our lightning round went to like a thunder round or something. I only had yeah. one other, one other question and that is, uh, where people can find you if they wanted to um, chat with you about the the software, if they had questions about the the podcast, what's uh, what's the best way for them to reach you? Yeah, uh, best place is my personal blog, sujinpatel.com. Okay. Um, I pretty much share everything I know and I try stuff the hard way. Like when I say I throw stuff at the wall, I mean like every one of my teams at all of our companies are doing this. So like I've got five companies, we're all testing stuff. So like we just learn really, really quickly. And generally the stuff that works gets published on my blog. Um, but yeah, and follow the links, ping me. I'm usually around. Uh, if you want to hear me blab about kids and life and marketing, it's on Twitter. And um, cars, an amazing and car. freaking car. <laughs> yeah, uh <-huh>. thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Well, thank you again for being on the, the show today. I know we got so much out of this and I know my head spinning and I'm sure you do that to everyone after oh, spending a few you. minutes with them. They're like, Oh my God, there's so much that I need to learn about email and sending emails and communicating and business startup and five freaking businesses. That's amazing. You should be like, like totally proud of that. That's <laughs> Thank you. so admirable, but um, so great. Well, we'll wrap this one up and, and everyone will see you on the next show. And, and Sushin, thanks for taking the time to hang out with us today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I had a blast.